It's a mess in this attic Lot going on but there ain't no need to panic Come on up and join, we getting wild, getting manic Spitting truth for all you fanatics uh, Every week got something new to say Ain't no filter, this shit coming straight from the brain It's coming straight from the brain Yeah, it's coming straight, coming straight from the brain What's up, everybody? Today is Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. This is A Talk in the Attic, which of course means I'm your host, Kirk Ross, and I'm coming at you today with part one of our season two recap show. Speaking of shows, let's start the show. Sweet, fancy Moses, am I excited to be back? In the words of our old-timey ancestors, well, I'll be hog-wallet. I mean, it's less than a minute into season two. And I've already expressed my inner old-timiness. Perhaps that's indicative of what I miss most during the break. Allow me to offer an absolutely sincere welcome to the attic. It's more like welcome back to the attic for most of you, but it's welcome for the first time for some of you too. Whether you recognize the I'll be hog wallet as a callback to season one, or if it's your first episode ever, maybe you even heard hog wallard and thought to yourself, what on God's green earth is this honky talking about? I'm so pleased either way that you decided to give it a shot today. <laughs> I'm here with Liz Delacroix. My name is Liz, and I'm a healthy food blogger at thelemonbowl.com. So for 11 years, I've been sharing healthy recipes, and really it's a recipe blog. So it's a recipe website. And for about the last eight years, I've been doing it as my full-time job. So that's cool. And then, so, so to say you're a food blogger is a little bit this discounts the fact that you're the CEO of the Lemon Bowl. Well, yeah. My business has grown quite a bit since I started the blog in 2010. So, so it started as a blog. started as a blog. It was just a hobby. Back then, there was no Instagram. You know, Pinterest was invite only. I started the same year Pinterest did, I realized the other day. Um, I didn't really know any examples of professional food bloggers, so I wasn't doing it to earn a living, or it was just really a fun hobby. Well, were there any food bloggers making a living at there that There were point? a handful. Just mm-hmm. a handful. Small, though. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I had lost about 65 pounds, and whenever you lose a bunch of weight, people want to know, what'd you do? How'd you, how'd you lose it? And I've always loved to travel and have a social life, so they knew I wasn't, like, eating a lean cuisine for dinner every night. Right. Uh, I'm a big foodie. I love to cook. I love to eat out. So... The blog was just the easiest way to show people what I was eating on a day-to-day basis and how you can eat delicious foods while still losing weight and keeping it off forever. Simply put, Voloco is an auto-tune app. You know, for those moments in life where your natural voice is insufficient for the moment. So in the spirit of killing your master, I present to you as hot off the presses as you'll ever hear a brand new song called Auto-Tune. Your autocrats. Fast forward a couple more years, it's fast forward a couple more years, it's 2019. I'm doing well at work, but I'm running out of steam. Contradicting orders and office politics. And Fox News is all I'm seeing on the corporate TV says, yeah. Hey, Kirk, it's human resources. Meet me at Bigby Coffee. And don't forget your badge, your cell phone, and definitely not your PC. Oh my god, I'm getting fucking fired at a motherfucking coffee shop. Oh! I'm coming at you quickly today with an episode with Nick Nortier. He's old growth creative. He's a muralist. He's a poet. 
Man, this kid is cool. So, let me set the scene. A warm day, the sun is out, the concrete burns, and my pack's on the ground. Side of the road with our thumbs up, we wait for an hour without any luck until we jump in the back of that pickup truck, I throw my bag in first, it's got all my stuff. Give us a ride for about 10 minutes, but they were turning right, so we had to ditch it. So I wait on by those sibling falls, throwing rocks at signs, making pay phone calls, until a guy named Kai tells me I've got it all wrong. We got a late start, better wait till dawn. If you need a place to crash, all you have to do is follow directions I'm giving to you. Jump over the guardrail, go through the woods, follow the trail to the end, it'll be all good. Follow the road until it forks in two. Take the left-hand drive, I'll be waiting for you. We have a kitchen and we'll make some food. Because the universe provides, and I know you know that, dude. So we slept in a tent in their front yard, fought and fucked coldly under the stars until the morning came it was kind of bizarre we were again waving our thumbs at cars it was an hour or two before we got picked up by a couple colorado dudes who grew their own pot taking tight turns observing every beautiful spot saying there's hope for this world i refuse to believe that there's not but this road's too congested there's too many problems how can a small group of thoughtful people ever expect to solve them but that's the only thing that ever has indeed i'm always grateful for that lesson learned from margaret mead side of the road with our thumbs up we wait for an hour because we're in no rush till we jump in the back of that rental car but only for a minute we're not going far get dropped off around a quarter dark don't know where we're going and we ain't that smart so we loiter for a while homicide ocean mile black sands banyan trees soil incredibly fertile graveyards oldest dirt general store yeah let's flirt eastern clouds provide a lot of shade but we still need to find a place to stay until we jump in the back of that rusty ride that gives us a lift down to ocean side at dittos is where we'll eventually crash but that's after we rip and we blast so we go on a ride it's like nothing else we blast off our souls through the ground there's eyes in the sky geometric samurai slicing negativity pulling bad energy aside releasing out the water carrying away with the tides blowing my mind until a monster recites If you slow yourself down and tune into what is, it'll dance with you and you'll dance with it. If you release control, give in to the no, the story will finish itself and you'll be able to go to bed. So go to bed is exactly what we did. We slept on a tarp in a weird backyard. That dude's passed out in a broken down car. It hasn't moved since the middle of March five years ago. You can still see the scars. But we've come this far. We have more to go. We have more to learn. We have something to show. Who my guide was that night, I will never know. But they changed my life and enabled me to grow. But as a matter of fact, it was the no saying, hey friend, I think you need this. I was going to find you so you could find bliss. I wanted to free your mind and release your demons out multiple at a time. Send them out to the oceans and multiples and let them die. Whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever demons are keeping you from doing what you need to do, send them out to the ocean in multiples so you, you can fly. Oh my God, I'm moved by that. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh my God. You gonna roll another one? So, like I said, I'm out here today to soak up some sun. I'm gonna be honest, I'm freezing. I'm freezing. I wish there was a way to get more sunlight into my body directly, which actually reminds me of a topic that I've been hearing a lot about lately. And this is, of course, perineum sunning. Perineum sunning. Sometimes it goes by the name sun worshiping. I've heard it go by bum sunning. That's right. I'm talking about what certain wellness influencers swear by. And that is, of course, spreading your butt cheeks and giving your anus an unimpeded view of the sun. We've all heard the warnings during a solar eclipse. Don't look into the sun, son. 
makes me wonder, are other planetary objects warning the sun? Don't look into the anus, sun. Who knows? But let's break this down a little bit, okay? Yes, perineum sunning is a real trend. Yes, the perineum is the technical term, the anatomical term for what is otherwise known as many of its nicknames, the taint, the gooch, and my favorite, the kazif, which of course derives its name from the phrase, because if it wasn't there, your balls would be in your ass. And yes, there are wellness influencers out there who swear by the fact that 30 seconds a day of bum sunning will keep the doctor away. Yeah, but what about the cops? Look, I'm all for alternative medicines, but you're my neighbor, Gary, and the fence between us isn't exactly a privacy model, so could you find yourself a little more shielded area to spread your ass? Folks, I'm not here to legislate whether or not sun worshiping works, okay? We can simply look to our vernacular that's evolved over time for answers like that. For instance, last time I checked, it's where the sun don't shine, not where the sun don't shine, unless, of course, you're feeling blue, in which case, let there be light. And then there's these quote-unquote wellness influencers, which last time I checked, requires no such certification to receive that title. Look, I'm not trying to throw any shade here, especially not when any shade that I do throw will drastically reduce the value of this sunning session to all these influencers with their buttholes out. But enough already with the wellness influencers, okay? Enough. We've all been in a spot where we begin to suspect the person we've been following maybe wasn't the leader we had hoped for after all. Maybe it's at work when the person who hired you and pumped you up through the organization turns out to be kind of bad at their job. Maybe it's at school where you find out that you're smarter than the teacher in a certain subject. Maybe it's at home where you paid a homeless guy up front for all the winter's snow shoveling, but you haven't seen him since Halloween. But in all of these cases, it's difficult to decipher exactly where you lost trust in the person. Yeah, there was a point of inflection, sure. But putting your finger on exactly where you went over the line is more difficult. But when someone you follow on Instagram for healthy recipes or stretching techniques or exercise advice tells you that your asshole needs more sunshine, I think it's time, right? When at fitness guru 4L looks you directly in your brown eye and urges you to do the same, then it's time to cut it off. Just end the relationship and unfollow. That's a wonderful start because I'm here with John Coates. John, what would you describe yourself as? A uh, freediving underwater photographer. When I first got into freediving with sharks, uh, the person that was taking me said, when you get in the water, we don't belong in the ocean. So you're one of two things. You're either prey or you're predator. Depending on how you act is how they're going to treat you. Mm. So prey tends to swim really fast, sporadic. They don't maintain eye contact. They look away. They want to get away from these other predators. If you're a predator, you're, you know, you're always aware of your surroundings. You're looking around, you're maintaining eye contact. You're dominant, you're big, you're generally fairly still. And your eye contact is the biggest thing. If a shark's looking at you, you look back at him and you kind of just essentially let him know you're, you know, not fearful of him. Yeah. I mean, but that means you have to not be fearful of him. (laughs) So so how do you get there? Like, I mean, also fake it till you make it, you know, to a point. Um, Fake it till you make it. That's what all the people say that survived. Yeah. All the people that fake, all the people that fake poorly, you just never heard from him again. Like, I don't know. He went free diving. (laughs) Exactly. No, it's it's funny because people even say, you know, well, some sharks, you know, but if you get in with a bull shark, then you're really going to be because they're really aggressive or they have the highest, they always say to me, they have the highest testosterone levels. I've swam with bull sharks tons of times in Florida and they're actually uh, fairly timid. Even being surrounded by seven bull sharks, 
You know, the only reason, first of all, that they were with us in Florida was because we were feeding on bloody tuna chunks and heads and things like that. So you're like holding that, the bait? Oh, we not have a bait, bait, we but... have a bait crate. So they're coming in to check that out. And we're throwing chunks too. Yeah. In general, sharks want absolutely nothing to do with us. So if you think your average free diver is, say, anywhere from five to six foot, plus you throw two to three foot fins on, we're now a seven to up to potentially nine foot thing in the water right most sharks aren't aren't that big unless you start talking about great whites or something coming to you just seven days removed from the frigid conditions in which you'll forever remember as the day you learned about perineum sunning which we did last tuesday in single digits and now we're something like 40 degrees warmer as we like to say in michigan if you don't like the weather just wait five minutes but i have some potentially devastating news for at least some portion of this michigan heavy audience that whole, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes saying is not exclusive to Michigan. People all over the country, the world even, apply the same adage to their own local climates. Mark Twain once famously turned the phrase about New England, in fact, but I've also heard it applied in Texas, Nebraska, and of course, Colorado. So when I said, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes about Michigan, it's likely that all of you non-Michigan residents thought to yourself, Psh, we say that here to you, idiot. Weather is dynamic in more places than only in your sheltered little existence, Kirk. Those of you living in L.A., on the other hand, probably thought, what's weather? Or maybe, wait five minutes? That's an entire third of the fame I hope to achieve here. In my traveling days, I learned that people across the country are certain of only three things. One, that they deal with far less predictable weather patterns than the rest of the world's population. Two, that drivers in their particular roadways are worse than any other drivers anywhere in the world. And three, that their Major League Baseball team has the worst bullpen in the entire league. But these universally held beliefs can't possibly be true for all of us, right? Of course they can't be. Of course they can't be. Not when we're already in agreement that the most dynamic weather, the most dangerous drivers, and the least reliable relief pitching already call Detroit home. I'd like to ask, why do you suppose people from all over truly believe that their weather and their drivers and their bullpens are the worst? Why the brewery around the corner from whomever you're visiting is the best? But we already know the answer to that, don't we? Each of us only knows our own life experiences, so life through any one of our individual lenses is nothing if not entirely subjective. But entirely subjective is a different way to say void of absolutes which lands us squarely in the land of postmodernism and moral relativity, which ultimately, of course, devolves into nihilism. Every year we do this guy's trip, starting when we were 17. So it's always been my grandparents' house down the road, and we always went to Boyne and then turned into this, and we just keep it going. But I forgot that it was Dan Spahalski. My mom would take me and my friends up to Canada to go snowboard. We started going to Searchmont, Canada. Actually, Dan just talked about that. Oh, did he? Yeah, when he got good, good enough grades. Did he say that? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Yeah, that was part of the deal. So if he got good enough grades, his mom would take a couple of guys up to Searchmont, pay for the whole thing. It's a good gig. That's a good incentive. Though. Yep, yep. We did that for a couple of years. So we did that for like three years, and then it kind of we just grades for... fell off. <laughs> yep, we missed a year because he did not get good enough grades. And when he bombed his grades, I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop this. No offense to Danny. He seems like an all-around awesome guy. But, like, maybe tying your 
extracurricular ski activities yeah, to his grades right. weren't, it wasn't the best thing for, if you want to ski a lot was there a lot of pressure from you guys on dan yes. for that part of it like, yes but you know there's no pushing that guy to do something he doesn't want to do no no wanted to keep doing ski trips and yeah well it, it turned into this his mom wouldn't take us to canada anymore so we started doing this and <laughs> you guys are also are. in your 30s now <laughs> yeah it's not gonna stop and uh yeah it's like the one trip a year that we get to go out and get messed up it's just being out Thank here with you your friends having a good time making memories hell yeah so these are all uh, what's the group here these are all friends of yours from high school oh what's yeah yep uh basically everybody here i went to high school i've known them for over 15 years so i mean it's it's good that we're still close together so but you know keep your friends close enemies you know closer, closer yeah. definitely well it's 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 refreshing is what it is and uh even on a day like this i mean i mean you tell me that's Holds. good as it gets especially today the sun i mean it just makes it a, a better day have you ever heard of perineum sunning putting sunlight like on their asshole and their, their taint, taint area taint, yeah. will help i do it yes have you done it i'm a i'm a big proponent of that yeah i can you're glowing mm -hmm. how, how many of these ski trips have you been to this is my first one. First one yes my, ours too i'm a newbie yeah i think it's my fifth year coming this is my third year last year i didn't go i was at um, my cousin's bachelorette party oh well were there strippers male strippers there were not male strippers it was all outdoors it was harry potter themed. <laughs> nikki is this your first ski trip yes we identified each other last night as Outsiders. Two first-time outsiders. Yeah. You see these people, it's different because you don't know. I mean, Facebook makes it easy and social media makes it easy to keep up with people, keep tabs on Generally, people. but it's not really that But, real. yeah, but it's... Whatever people tell you is through their eyes, you know? Like, you don't know how you're going to perceive things. Dan, when I was talking to him about his kid, like, he's like, oh, yeah, he's five months old. And I was like, you're a new dad. Yes, so this is a big weekend for me. <laughs> For well, like my first weekend away. And how, yeah. how old is your son? Five months old. Five months? I, felt, I literally think I, I thought you just had him like last week. Like, right. how is he already five months? Otis. I mean, that's a great name. Yeah, it's an old school name. Yeah, it is. Old He's school. awesome. I, I understand you to be a linchpin to this entire event. I don't think I've ever used the word linchpin in my entire life. Well, <laughs> last five years, me and him kind of put it together as far as like the planning and organizing, just because that's kind of what Tyson does. And then I just kind of join right in. So this trip this year, um, I knew we weren't going to get our security deposit back last year. So I made Brett put the down payment. Yeah. And now, it, it, actually, I'm watching Brett change from what, how he acted last year to how he acted this year. And oh, I'm like, I like this a lot better. Because now you get more people that have... Uh, a skin in the game. Yes, exactly. Because now they're not all acting like idiots like yeah. they were last year. Yeah. So it, it's good to share that. To share that. Well, now you can act like an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> You had fun last night. Yeah, I did. I'm here with Bobby Pilon. Do you still go by Bobby? I do. They had a fire here, or they had a sport by fire here, sport by fire here, one up the middle. So this is this is the kind of technique they were using. You yeah, can so in the future, okay. you kind of prepared for it. Yeah, or, so yeah. you can kind of, okay, so this is how they did this one. They were shooting here, drawing our attention here as they come up the sights. You know, so they were essentially flanking us. It's similar to like the same military. It's pro they're probably reading the same teachings that informed the U.S. military Correct. leaders, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, they had, you know, we found Turkish, you know, stuff, and it was, it was cool. You know, I mean, it, it's cool now that we're here, but you know. I mean, my God, thank <laughs> God you're here, but holy smokes, thank God for the helicopters. Oh my God. Some kind of way out of here. Just a few miles from the Pakistan border, when the Taliban moves, so do the Americans. 
Firepower denies them a sanctuary in these pine-studded mountains, hills, and beyond. Jennifer Eccleston, CNN, Manrite, Afghanistan. None of them were on the line. No any of its No reason to get excited The thiefy kindly spoke I've learned a ton in the first 100 episodes, so rather than hoard all of these lessons like some sort of greedy Greg, I'll share them with you now. So here it is, 100 things I wish I would have known before I started the podcast. I'll start at 100, count downward. Here goes. Number 100. When faced with an opportunity to do a 100 things I wish I would have known before I started the podcast list, use your better judgment and fast forward the first 95 items on the list. Nobody wants to hear a centennial list of fuck-ups and how you might have avoided them, Kirk. Spare them the details. Fast forward to number five. Trust me. All right, well, who am I not to listen to myself? After all, I do trust me quite a bit. Although I can't exactly say the opposite is true. I don't really know that me trusts I. Anyway, I digress, so skipping ahead. And while I'm on the subject of condiments, remember to keep your honey mustard away from the recording equipment. Look, if you're not going to wear pants in a remote interview, then for God's sake, don't stand up and stretch while your guest is still on the line. Maybe don't go on the air and tell your entire listener base that you'll never accept advertising dollars. Yes, your point as to why you don't want to splice commercials into the podcast still makes sense. But what if some people actually equate the acquisition of a sponsorship with what a real podcast sounds like? Take that one back if you can. Or else risk a high-dollar opportunity from Hungry Man Frozen Ribs. As was the case with Honey Mustard, keep your Hungry Man Frozen Ribs away from the recording equipment. And especially its rich, delicious, sweet and savory lather. Keep it away from the microphones. No matter how delicious and affordable and available at your local grocery store's frozen food section they might be. But now let's move forward a couple more years to eighth grade. A year that saw hair growing in funny places. And even worse yet, erections growing in funny places. Come on, Kirk. It's almost your turn to solve this algebra problem on the board. What are you going to do? School dances became a focal point for my boners and me back then, which meant only a couple things, at least for my crew. Number one, let's all play intense games of basketball in the gym whenever there's fast dance music going on in the cafeteria. Cafeteria was the dance hall, by the way. Secondly, let's make sure we sprint in there as quickly as we can whenever a slow dance comes up so we can dance with our girlfriends. Key here is that you need to make sure you're nice and sweaty before Boys to Men came on. Our girlfriends, a.k.a. the girls that we used to be friends with until we started going steady and now we're terrified to speak to, I'm sure they loved our halftime stench as Brian McKnight urged us to smash our pelvises into each other despite our mutual trepidation. Why we 
this would be the point at which I'd sample R. Kelly's bump and grind, but I can't do it. Especially given the patina that's developed on the appropriate lyric here. My mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes. Come on, R. Kelly. Listen to your brain next time. I can still remember the walk-up songs for each and every baseball teammate of mine. For the record, in case you're wondering, my two songs were Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap by ACDC. And About Mr. Brown by OAR. I guess I was into bands that only had letters back then. But honestly, these songs age pretty well. In fact, they've almost reversed age in some sort of Benjamin Button fashion because they're better now than they were in the context of a high school baseball game. Given the subject matter of each of these tunes, Dirty Deeds, Dunder Cheap, and About Mr. Brown, Murder for Hire, and Heroin Addiction, play ball! Shout out to our then PAMC and still great friend Pat Tanner, who would go so overboard at times with the volume of her entrance walk-up songs that the umpires would regularly have to confer with the press box. And while we're on the subject, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the time that Pat called an Ernie Harwell-esque long goal! That literally lasted from the moment the ball cleared the fence until the batter, Jeff, reached third base. It had to be a good 15 or 20 seconds. Longer than what I just did, legitimately. The ump began hysterically waving his arms and yelling at the booth, Stop it! You stop it up there! It was classic. So I'm here with Monte Lee. We already have his stats. 6'5", yeah. 240. You're the, probably the most physically imposing character I've had on the show so far. Awesome. I'm glad to be there. Dude, I appreciate you coming on, man. Do you have anything else you want to say? Some things, something I'll leave you with yeah. is you are responsible for everything that you have going on in your life. Don't be a victim. Be a victor in all the things that you can control. I feel like far too often in these day and times, people are looking left, right, up and down on why they are in a particular situation. Have a victor mentality rather than a victim mentality. And I feel like you will go far because at the end of the day, you're in control of your life. Amen. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, brother. It's been great. Hell yeah, dude. That was awesome. That's a good way to end her too, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, we let things outside of our control dictate how we behave all the time, don't we? How many times have you been going about your day and someone else's attitude brings you into their chaos? That's their chaos. It's their chaos. You've got your own shit to deal with, like your chaos. Last week on another unseasonably warm day, I had my windows down in the car. The music was on. I was letting the sunshine and the jams flow right through me. When I drove by a guy on the sidewalk, I waved at him, genuinely and authentically and energetically. But he didn't like the wave, clearly. Because what he gave back was not a wave, but a mean mug that only could be translated to Quit waving at everybody, you pussy. And for a moment, guys, I kind of felt like a pussy. So I circled back around the block and this time I ignored him. This is my favorite view of Grand Rapids. This is my favorite walking path. This is my favorite bench. This is my favorite exhibitor's building. My favorite statue. This is my favorite spot in which you can buy a $90 steak and eat it in a plastic tent. Look at me, walking around, 
on two healthy legs, breathing, making a journal entry with my smoking hot wife. Hell yeah, things are good. There's so much to be grateful for all around us. And had I sat inside and written today the way I typically do, I might not have remembered that. If you're feeling like you're in a rut, in fact, even if you're not feeling like you're in a rut, take something that you do all the time, the same way every single time, and flip it on its ear. Reverse the whole process and see what happens. Buy the ingredients first and then make the recipe next. Tell your partner you love them at the beginning of the phone conversation. Take those expensive electronics out to your car before you pay the cashier at Best Buy. Whatever you can do, flip it up, switch it up, and see what happens. Look, we're creatures of habit, right? So changing things isn't always the easiest or most comfortable thing to do. And there's great value in routine, there really is. But think back to your favorite memories. Were those memories had on days that were planned in advance, either on a written out timeline or more commonly by your very own expectations? No way. It's always the more spontaneous and unexpected events that tend to leave their mark. So in a way, what I'm urging you to do is for spontaneity. What's wrong with that? I'm the most normal guy ever. Um, <laughs> there, there are people who are better, faster, smarter, cooler, more talented than me, but I've, I'm all about finding the niche and then just, you know, hammering, hammering it right there. So what is your niche? I'm Michigan's family funny man. Mess in this attic, lot going on, but there ain't no need to panic. Come on up and join. We get the crew of a talk in the attic. We've all heard the saying that it takes a village to raise a child, but what if your child is a podcast? Does the adage still apply then? <clears throat> I'm asking the. I'm asking you. Yes, the producer. Yeah, so sorry. For a moment there, I thought you were asking if the adage that it takes a village to raise a child would apply to your podcast. C could you repeat it? Yeah, yes, that's what I'm asking. Of course, of course. R right. Well, Kirk, in my view, sayings like this can be applied to any situation, whatever you, the, the user of the saying, wants to apply it to. Okay, great. Well, then I'll go ahead and use it then. Uh, editor, make sure you cut that part out. Editor. Hello. Earth the editor. Yes, I'll write it down, Kirk, but I can't guarantee that I'm going to remember to cut it out. Not after hours and hours of this nonsense. I'm only one man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, as if we needed any more proof that you get what you pay for. Okay. They say it takes a village to raise a child. And I have it on good authority that this adage holds true even if your child is, for say, a podcast or, or maybe there were other kids involved and there was a, a, a different kind of casting going on. And then the, uh, the adage would still po possibly apply if maybe you, maybe you had a kid or, or maybe even had another kid that's a, that it's like a podcast. Um, the point is it takes a village, right? Did that sound, did that sound okay? Well, I mean. Did that sound smooth? No. Editor? Smooth the silk, baby. Yep. Well, if we have to, we can just chop it together in, in post-production, too. It'll be great. Well, thank you. Uh, I thought it sounded pretty smooth and pretty clean myself, so. And by the way, editor, I I'm sorry for the, for the joke I made earlier at your expense. Sorry, I must have missed it. Earlier when I said you get what you pay for because you're an unpaid editor and you gave a bad answer. Oh, yeah. I heard that. I actually thought you were talking about you to the listeners since you don't get paid either. Oh, no. I, no, I was pointing. I was pointing it at you. But 
<laughs> well, well, no, I knew it was rude when I said it, but then when you came back and said that I sounded really good talking about the adage, it made me realize that I shouldn't have been mean to you. Like hearing you be nice to me made me realize that I should be nice to you. Well, that, that's nice of you to say. Well, you believed in me when the producer over here was saying, well, I don't know if that was so good. Um, I don't know. During the middle of a show, not great for the confidence. But then I, then you came in, you gave me some confidence, you told me it was good, I'm sure it was as well. Yeah, I mean... I really appreciate that you re-explained the insult that I had missed so that you could apologize for it and feel better about yourself. You're welcome. It means a lot. It, it does, it does. Well, jeez. It, it, is there something wrong? It's, it's just that it's just that your, your honesty it, it was inspiring to me. Well, that means a lot, say, hearing that from you. Yeah. And now I have to be honest about something, too. Mm-hmm. Earlier, when I said that you sounded smooth as silk and I could make it sound good in post-production, mm. during that whole it takes a village thing? Yeah. Well, I was just saying that. Oh? I was just saying that because I want to get done early because Michigan's playing tonight, and plus I thought it would be cool to watch you fumble around your words a little bit. I felt joy in that. Oh, kind of like in a, it's great to see progress, leave the mistakes in there, you're growing so much in front of our very eyes, like in, in that kind of way? No. No more of let's watch this pompous gas bag stumble his way through a poor analogy kind of way. R- respectfully, of course. Okay. But then seeing you take that insult back, albeit one that I missed initially and was ultimately offended by once you re-explained it, hearing you take that back, that made me realize something, Kirk. It made me realize that being honest is always in style. So true. Honesty is always in style. And honestly, to that end, I need to admit to something else as well. Oh? Well, honestly, hearing that you were inspired by my retraction of the insult, even though you hadn't heard it the first time around, and then I I circled back around and told you, and then so I could apologize. Well, hearing you be inspired by that has inspired me as well. Oh. Earlier, when I took that insult back, the one that I had pointed in your direction... Yeah, the, the one that I had missed that you re-explained so you could apologize? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. What, what about it? Well, I didn't really mean it. Oh, oh the insult. <laughs> no. No, you didn't mean it, or no, you didn't mean something else? No, I didn't mean something else. Well, what didn't you mean? I, I didn't mean the apology, okay? I didn't mean the apology. So why even do well, it? Be- because I, I could tell that you hadn't realized that it was pointed at you, and I wanted you to know that it was pointed at you because it was a bullshit answer. Yeah. And it was a good joke, a good insult. Yeah. And so I brought it back around just so I could re-explain it to you. That's fucked up, man. It kind of is. Yeah. Agreed. But then hearing you be inspired by my honesty and humility when they were actually intended to be sarcasm and hubris, that really inspired me to tell you the truth about the fake apology. Hmm. What's what's wrong? No, it's, well, it's, it's just that... Spit it out. It's just that hearing you come clean about your fake apology after being inspired by me coming clean about not really being authentic about telling you you sounded good, that inspired me to come clean about something else now, too. Oh? Which is to say, I don't think honesty is always the best policy. Well, what do you mean? It says it right in our corporate handbook. See? Right here. Honesty is always the best policy. Yeah, but look at what just happened, Kirk. We got so honest with each other that we derailed the entire introduction. And now what are we left with? And your conclusion to all of this is is what? That that that, that honesty, honesty is, not, is the, not always the best policy, exactly. Well, I think that it is. And I think that everyone that works here has to think that it is too. Well, you know what? When you when you put it that way, it's it's all becoming clear to me. 
Meaning... That honesty is always the best policy. And that you're always right, Kirk. See? I told you. Exactly. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Who, who am I talking with here? Uh, So, I mean... You know me. I do. <laughs> but the I world... don't, though. Let's be real. Okay, I know you from when you were a kid. You were 20, yeah, 20. You weren't, even, you weren't even able to really tend bar yet. I think I was like 19, 18, 19 when I first met you. But um, <laughs> but no, my name is uh, Leandro Lara, uh, photographer, film, digital, uh, whatnot. You know, just I do... I, and I do other things as well, but I mainly do photography. Yeah. I don't know to do with my hands. Actually, before we even get started, just, yeah. to, just to ease the tension, I brought some percussion instruments. Okay. Sometimes it's fun just to get the... This get, is a fun get, one. Just get the jitters out? Yo. If you ever need to know what to do with your hands, don't do that because it's going to be bad for audio. But, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I bring to you... Jehu, Jay Christ, Jejua. Let's start the show. Thanks for having me. I'm, yeah. Situated here. All right. Yeah. And I'm digging what you're, I'm, I like the look. What, explain your look a little bit. This is the robe that I actually wore to the Last Supper. It's my favorite fit. Still is. And then I modernized it a little bit. This is Josh Groban. Huge Groban fan. What's up, Grobes? I would love to get Josh Groban on the show, actually. Always a big fan when popular artists uh, call me out and do some church music. That's cool. And then I'm pretty much what you'd expect. I'm wearing sandals still. Uh, but I, these are, I'm, I might go surfing later. All you young kids out there I might go surfing. Just, I guess you'd probably start believing in me. That's cool. So, still got sandals, but they're more Tiva style ones. So, yeah. I figured it was time to modernize my look a little bit. And I figured no better place than this podcast to do that. So, I have to ask. Uh, it's an honor, of course. But why this show? What made you think that this was the show? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. You have to be getting a lot of requests. Yes. Well, so the, the reality is the show seemed like it needed help. Right. And Joe Rogan had asked me to be on his show. <laughs> uh, Mark Marin, Sam Harris, all those guys asked. But I, I just felt like this was the kind of show that needed a, a miracle, to be honest, to become relevant. So I figured this would be the one. So I do want to thank you for accepting my offer to come on your show. Kind of a backhanded reason. but Nonetheless, I appreciate you're here. The beatnik era lived for 20 years, from World War II into Vietnam fears. We can picture the beatnik inside our minds, think Beret wearing potheads with communist designs. But the beat was much more than reefer and protests. It was a collective disgust with our national progress. Intellectual kids disillusioned by war and their parents' materialism and so much more. So they took to the night and they created fresh art that scoffed at the money in lieu of their hearts. An American renaissance rooted in Buddha. Forget the establishment for seeing right through you. Express your inner angst or explode like a shell. Shut your love and your fear about the modern man's health. Walk the baseline, Billy. Hit the bongos, Jack. This one's for Aldous, the Doors, and for Kerouac. 
for proving that words when aimed the right way can speak truth to power and for that it could slay. So hand us the torch and we'll haul it ahead and attack with our bullets where words are our lead. I said, every time I leave my home, I do not leave without my uncle. And this poem is very old. Every time I leave my home, I don't leave without this uncle. Regardless of what I have on, I intentionally externalize this eternal life that I've been given. No longer afraid of dying. My energy will keep on living. I am God as are ye. Mm. I am God as are ye. I was made in the image and the image of the most high. Genderless. So remove the notion of God being girl or God. My third eye is still blurry, but it's open. I was 28, so I say better late than never. I gave the religion back to the oppressor. I'll be spiritual forever. Forever I'll be spiritual. We must understand that the Bible is not literal. Challenge ourselves to understand the metaphysical. Regain control of our souls. We've been in bondage. Not saving souls, but draining pockets. Wallets and purses. Don't let them churches fool you. An establishment who choose whose so-called sins they'll accept. When the church don't choose you... What's left? I confess. I'm not perfect, but I'm worth it. I am God, as are ye. I was made in the image of the Most High. I opened up all three of my eyes. I meditate most times. I elevate most nights. I take flight to this mental temple. It's simple. And every morning when I wake, something great takes place. Every morning when I wake, something great takes place. The Son of God returns in the sky every day, so I guess that makes every day judgment day. I guess that makes every day judgment day. And I use that poem to find space for myself when I was in a world that told me that I was missing the mark every time. Mm -hmm. If you're always missing the mark, how do you find a place? This is an educational one, folks. I hope you enjoy it. Albert Hoffman was born in Switzerland in early 1906 to a less than wealthy family. Okay. He grew up interested in animals and plants and chemistry. Hey, man after my own heart. Which he ultimately began pursuing an education in at the University of Zurich at the age of 20. He got financial support from his godfather. He ultimately received a distinguished doctorate in chemistry nine years later. A distinguished doctorate in chemistry from the University of Zurich? That's big time. And thank God for Al's godfather, right? Because it was his education that landed Hoffman his first job with Sandoz Laboratories and its newly founded pharmaceutical department, where he was ultimately tasked with researching arrogate. Who knows what arrogate is? I didn't know what it was. It's a type of fungus found most commonly in moldy rye bread. This was called arrogate. It's the key to everything. In 1938, Dr. Hoffman synthesized the very first iteration of LSD, which at the time was being looked at as a potential respiratory and circulatory stimulant. But in the coming months... Lab animal testing resulted in little to no side effects, although he did notice that the mice were a little anxious and had more stress hormones, but that was it. Ultimately, Hoffman synthesized 25 different iterations of this compound, LSD, before finally hanging it up and moving on to other projects. Deserting LSD at LSD 25. LSD is the abbreviation for the now infamous lysergic acid diethylamide, simply known as acid to the masses these days, Poor guy had struck out with 25 different variants of LSD, and he was moving on to new research projects. Meanwhile, World War II raged on and on and on. 
Until 1943, one of the darkest periods in human history when a nagging belief within Albert Hoffman forced him into dusting off his old LSD notebooks some five years since he had last studied the compound, which earlier had been deemed useless, apparently useless. Go to the show notes, by the way, for my sources. There's a really great article I cited that I got a lot of information from today called Apparently Useless. Because that's what it had been determined in 1938. But in 43, Hoffman couldn't shake it. He wanted to go check it out. He knew there was something more to LSD-25 than met the eye. So he dove back into it. It was April 16th, 1943, still three days out from the first ever bicycle day, that Albert, quote-unquote, accidentally absorbed some LSD-25 through his skin while synthesizing samples. I would call him out for saying it was an accident, but you're, gonna, you're about to hear the rest of the story and it won't matter so much. Almost immediately from this accidental absorption through his skin, Hoffman excused himself from work for reasons he later described to his boss in an internal memo. I was forced to interrupt my work in the laboratory in the middle of the afternoon and proceed home, being affected by a remarkable restlessness combined with a slight dizziness. At home, I lay down and sank into a not unpleasant, intoxicated-like condition characterized by an extremely stimulated imagination and in a dreamlike state with my eyes closed I found the daylight by the way to be unpleasantly glaring I perceived an uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures extraordinary shapes with intense kaleidoscopic play of colors <laughs> it's my first Swiss it's my first Swiss accent ever I'm gonna give you a secret with my German accent <laughs> what's up everybody today is Tuesday April 27th, 2021. This is A Talk in the Attic. I'm your host, Kirk Ross. It's been a difficult day for so many of us who just recently learned that our dear friend Alex Penny uh, has died unexpectedly this past weekend, just a month shy of his 33rd birthday. From the moment I met Alex uh, back in 2019, we became fast friends. We sought each other out at a post-wedding shindig. We immediately clicked. We spent the next couple hours formulating subtle, ironic comedy bits, most of which were self-deprecating. It was as if we'd been homies for years. Alex had an ability to make everybody that he met feel so comfortable, so at ease, so safe, so confident, so loved. I can count on one hand the weeks that went by in which I didn't hear from AP about the podcast. He was always eager to tell me what he liked about the show, what we could work on on the show, and how we could get together in the future and work together and collaborate, he had a huge interest in comedy as well. You see, those weeks in which I didn't hear from AP were the ones in which he had checked himself into an addiction recovery center out in Nevada. He was out there actively working his ass off to take control of his sobriety. He was doing pretty well with it all. He's doing really well with it all. He was working for a law firm out in Las Vegas. He was studying for the bar exam, which he was going to kill come July. But his story ended abruptly last Friday. And it's just incredibly, incredibly sad to think about. He was an extremely special dude to so many of us, even those of us who only recently became so enamored with his uh, infectious energy. He loved what we were building here. He helped inspire me with concepts, jokes, bits. He even submitted the first listener submitted question in Attic History. You're actually going to hear a replay of that in a few moments. But first, I want to send a huge, huge amount of love to all of you trying to cope with the sudden loss of such an irreplaceable soul. Uh, to his mother and father and brother and the rest of his family, to all of his friends. Um, I know there are tons of us out there. Today has been uh, the most difficult day of production here for the show, for sure. <clears throat> I really didn't want to do this at all, as you can probably tell. Um, 
But <laughs> Alex loved the podcast. He was going to be a huge part of it when he came home next month. Uh, we had already planned to collaborate on a couple of Tuesday ideas. Uh, he was going to be a featured guest on a Friday show. In fact, he had just texted me last week asking if we could discuss recovery and addiction on his show. He figured that his story would help inspire others to take charge. Um, so even though I'd rather recede into a shell and feel sad today, I, I couldn't let myself skip an episode uh, on a show that Alex was such a huge part of. Um, and that's a responsibility that we all have now. We must carry the sparkle from Alex's eyes with us in our own eyes from here on out. We have to spread that same positive love, show that same authentic concern for others' well-being, and make other people laugh whenever we can, just like Alex did. It's incumbent on each of us to carry whatever qualities we love most about AP forward so that the world will never and can never forget him. I know that I won't. I know that you won't. Alex, I was so excited to catch you up, to laugh, to talk about uh, your outbound Chicago flights, uh, to, as, as you called it, your last hurrah. And then I think I said your last hurrahs in Chicago. I was excited to see you overcome your challenges. I know you were doing it. We were so pumped to watch you find your way as an attorney. Of course, we'll never get to set up the referral system that we had talked about, but I, I, I sure wish we could. Um, I love you, brother. Thanks so much for all your friendship and your support. You'll be missed, but you'll always be here with us too. Especially in the attic, man. I can feel you here. Well, more content like that. All us addicts need to see the home base. Second of all, with the mustache and hair, you're giving me a real Mark Marin vibe, which bodes really well for you. Um, either way, fucking sweet, man. Uh, it looks like it's gonna be a big job, but it'll be awesome when it's done. Don't know what I'm saying anymore. Don't know why I'm doing a video either, but you sent me a video, so I'm sending one back. All right, brother, all right, brother, all right, brother, all right, brother. And on that somber note, we're going to take a break and we'll come back on Friday with the remainder of the season two recap. RIP AP. Peace out, everybody.